This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead role. To help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Well, TJ, here we are back again for a brand new season. We've had our break and we've had some discussions throughout the, the last several weeks about what we want this season three to be. But here, you know, realizing that, looking at the, the back uh, episodes and everything that we've done, we fulfilled two seasons, which also means we've been doing this podcast for a year. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't. In some regards, it's kind of like this this pandemic that I feel like I've been in. There's been times where it feels like we've done it longer. And then there's times where things have just flown by. And so I think this is one that's kind of flown by. I can't believe that. Yes, we're in season three uh, and that we're, we're still here. But I think, again, what we've talked about is uh, not only the connectivity for us, but um, we've heard from some people. We want to hear from a lot more in the opportunity to help uh, shape, bring something to the discussion. How can we um, speak to something maybe that you are encountering? How can we help you uh, be uh, more effective. I know even before we went on today, we have different endeavors or God's placing things in front of us and, and how do we navigate them? So I'm asking you for help and, uh, you know, then and sharing vice versa that there's just an opportunity to do things, to do them with excellence. Uh, we're both sports guys and we want to utilize our talents in a wise stewardship way. So I think you know, those are really great, but I'm glad that we're here. But yes, three years uh, or three seasons and a year seems like it's gone by rather quick. Yeah, I agree. Again, and yet as we look back, you know, at everything that we've covered, um, there there was some some things we realized, right, as we look back at those first two seasons. And, you know, and again, with everything, there are some things we could do better uh, and that we need to improve on. I think there are definitely some things that uh, that we've done really well. And um, one of the things, first off, just off the bat, is that we talk about, you know, again, our time, we know uh, we're all busy with our families and churches and, uh, you know, all kinds of different things going on. And so one of the, one of our goals again for the season, our goal from the very beginning was to stay at 45 minute episodes. And, and as many of you guys know, right, we've done that pretty well sometimes and sometimes uh, it has not been great. And so, so that's kind of our big, big number one goal. First goal for season three is we want to stay at 45 minute episodes. So, or less. And I guess with that, just to make sure that again, you guys can, can get through all of the episodes. So uh, again, probably help you on the listening side might help us on the recording side too, right. Uh, to, to not take quite as much time. Cause, cause the reality is, I mean, we like to talk with each other, TJ. So. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's time gets away too quick, but, you know, I mean, I think part of that is strategically in doing that, you know, we want to also, we we've kind of, there was a lot of topics that we covered over those first two seasons as well. And I think part of the intent is to 
maybe stop and go deeper into some of that uh, material because we've looked at that and we know that we've done it, but maybe, you know, we've got the question of, well, how do you do it? How do you take that next step? How do you get a little bit further into that? So some of those things will probably show up uh, here in season three would just be, yeah, what is that? Uh, what does that look like for resource uh, moments? What would you use? I know that's something that comes up for us all the time. That's the equipping, empowering piece as, as we look at that. Um, so there's there's that. And then also there's going to be probably the possibility of, again, having some people as guests to be able to speak into that, to say, um, you know, what do they bring to the field? What is their, um, you know, expertise like? I know that in the dynamics of this show, um, you know, we're two different places, two different states, obviously, but we handle things a lot different. You know, I mean, there's some of the things that are same, but just because you do that out in Middleton, Caldwell area doesn't mean that's how I'm going to do it in Seattle and vice versa. And, and some of that's like, praise God for that because, <laughs> because some of those <laughs> yes. just do not equate well into those cultures. But, um, you know, I think really having people come that, that can shape, that can help speak into something, whether that's an expertise or just another viewpoint. And so that's where, again, tying back in um, our viewer that they have an opportunity to really help uh, navigate that. So if you're listening to this and you have maybe uh, a passion point or you have something that you're working through, um, throw it our way. We would love to try to help navigate that with you. As a disclaimer, I'll speak for myself, not Brian on this one, but look, I might not have the answer. Um, there are some things that are shrouded in mystery, I think, but, um, you know, hey, we will try our best to try to navigate those or I'll respond uh, candidly, like, what would I do? And, and so I think those are some of the things that um, we will navigate possibly here as well into season three. So, yeah, absolutely. So again, as we dive deeper into those, we, we would love to hear from you. If you have, uh, you know, a, a topic from that, that we did cover, because again, like you said, we really kind of covered a 30,000 foot view of a lot of these issues and, and just a lot of different things that, that we came across in our, our lives and churches, you know, as we're in these existing churches, revitalization type places. And as we discussed, we're, our two churches are at different phases of revitalization Again, you've, I've been at Oregon Trail a lot longer than you've been at Fairview. Um, so, you know, again, not only do we have the context that I'm in in Idaho versus you in Washington and, you know, rural, suburban versus more urban, I mean, we have all those dynamics, which we, we realize and know, which again, I think strengthens our conversation. But the other side of that is that, um, you know, you've been at Fairview a lot less time than I've been at Oregon Trail. And so, um, and especially in those revitalization times, um, those different phases, right, of the timeline as you rebuild stuff and cast vision and reach into the community, like a, a lot of times the biggest factor is time and is consistency of being there. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've really noticed at Oregon Trail. In fact, I, I met with one of my top leaders last night and we were talking about, you know, um, the, uh, the, the uh, church growth, you know, uh, patterns and like, and, and, uh, again, in, well, in leadership focus and our church of God deal, he's in the middle of it. And in, in the, the module he's in, they talk about, you know, this, the, the life cycle of churches. And we were talking about that, about, well, okay, where are we in this life cycle? You know, how did it get turned around? And which is obviously the question in revitalization to begin with, right. Is like, how do we turn it around, move from decline, right. Or plateau into growing again into, and that's, I mean, 
by definition, that's what revitalized means, right? Is to bring new life and and new growth and 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 new direction for a church. And so, but it, it was a, a very interesting conversation because again, him and I even had a, a, a little bit different opinions on like where we are in that, you know, in that curve, right? Just and I think part of that is just because when I've been in it, right, from the very beginning, right, when I came at Oregon Trail and where we saw it turn around and start to grow. Um, and so I have more time invested in Oregon Trail than he does, right? I mean, and because they they came into the church um, about three, three and a half years ago, right? And so they, but, you know, we'd already, I mean, he had no idea how far we had come before they were there, right? And so, so again, it was just, it was a very interesting conversation. But I, I think with that said, there's a lot that we'd like to hear from you about where you're at. What phases are you in? What, what are you facing, right? Or maybe something that we brought up um, in the season and, and just glanced over because there's a lot of things that we just glanced over. Right. And so, uh, because again, we both get distracted in our conversation as well. Right. And so we go off on these tangents and perhaps you've been sitting there like, man, I wish they would have, they said this and then they just moved on. I wish they would have dove deeper into that. We want to hear from you on that. And so let us know say, Hey, could you go deeper on this? You know, and, and again, it's helpful in that communication, send us a comment an email, you know, on our social media, whatever. Um, if there's a certain thing, it would be helpful if you tell us what season and episode it was in, right? And what's the title of that? So we can even go back and see, make sure that we, um, you know, hit what it is that you want to hear. But I, I think with that, like you said, uh, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us um, on our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, you can send us send us an email, um, comment on any of our, our different platforms. And again, we'd love to hear from you and, and, and you know, be able to dive deeper into those into those topics that are relevant for you. And, and like we said, um, instead of the 30,000 foot, we're, we're ready to get down in the weeds a little bit. Right. And, and kind of dig, dig a little deeper into the, into the dirt or the messiness of a situation. Uh, and, and just as you said, right, we're not, I mean, we're not church growth experts. Uh, we're just, we're in the trenches with you. Right. And, uh, but there's a, we, we've also learned a lot through experience. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the thing is, um, you know, I think I'm a sucker for true stories. And so when we look at it, especially like with this time of the year, um, I think of the Olympics, um, hearing people's backstory, the perseverance, I just see that as a testimony. And so like, I love to hear that, that backstory of how they came to be, um, the struggles, the sacrifice, the triumph, the, all those elements that play a role, because I think, that's where God shows up in the process. And so like when we come at this, there's a, a bit of that humility, right? That's like, Hey, look, I was just telling you before, Hey, I'll share on this certain subject matter. Um, and it might come from a place of, uh, I had some great success with that. I might come from a place of, I really struck out and I would do it actually opposite this time. Um, so there's some of those things that are in there, but the, the main focus of what we do, which is kind of like, um, you know, our movement as a whole is Jesus is the subject. Like why we do what we do is to connect people with a God in eternity. And so like, sometimes that takes, uh, you know, not always the most direct paths. Um, I see Jesus doing that all the time. Um, you know, meeting the woman at the well, and he shouldn't be talking to Samaritan woman telling this wee little man and a wee little man was he to come down out of this sycamore tree. Cause we need to eat like, you know, so I, 
I see those interactions uh, through who I model my life after, who I aspire to be like as great as Brian is, as great as I am, um, you know, Brian more so than me. But at that same time, like we have these these flaws. And so like we're not our measuring stick. All we can say is, man, we want to be a resource. We enjoy chopping it up about how we can do this and be better at it. of this calling that we have. And so we're going to be doing this anyhow, but we would love to be uh, a resource and help for people. And so like we're living this out and we're excited about season three. So this one's a little bit different uh, to kick it off here, but like just, just that sediment, including, you know, we've, we've been off, off air for a few months and, and things have kind of changed. Um, You know, we've kind of uh, had different things happen, but like things still progress. I know that like, sicknesses and a new wave of COVID and a a new uh, Omicron kind of piece has kind of gone out and and just been more contagious for folks Um, on a personal level. um, You know, for us, uh, we'd been serving, you know, here for, you know, February 1 uh, started our third year. And uh, so we completed two years. We were great. We made it through all time, uh, didn't get COVID and right at Christmas, it took down all five in my family. And so we were out of uh, the pulpit and out of the church for uh, basically New Year's and for a two week period. So um, part of revitalization, praise God for people that are around, including elders and um, some pastors that could step in. And so I was grateful for that. But yeah, like uh, that's a, a quick update on our family. We rolled through that. Um, glad that we're doing all right. Um, appreciate the prayers and stuff from everyone that was helping us during that time. And, um, it's tough, right? Like, I think that's one thing that we talk about here. Um, in that update is we always want to be a resource to other people, but oftentimes those of us that do that, uh, it's tough for us to receive that as well. Like it was very humbling, um, I, I said it was frustrating to walk through that. Um, I, I've had asthma in the past, so it became more of a breathing issue. Like I couldn't even preach. I got winded. Um, that That's very difficult for me. Obviously, you know, like we said, we like to talk. So that's part of the piece that was there. But we're, we're turning that corner um, as a church standpoint. Uh, we've been really looking at uh, engaging and starting and relaunching a school. And so we're praying through that with our congregation, our elders and those things. So we had a school historically here uh, that went from K to eighth grade. And so we're looking at a potential partnership with another Christian school and starting small, obviously, but we're just praying and seeking God for new opportunities like that to engage. And so we talked about this before show, what are ways that we can engage with our community? Where is the need? And part of that is being in relationship in community. And so you know what that need is. We don't just randomly build things and say, hey, look, everybody, we built this for you. Why don't you come use it? And they look at you and say, what the heck are you doing? No one asked for that. You, again, are irrelevant as a church. And we didn't ask for that. That's not even a need that exists. Thank you, but no thanks. And so like... <laughs> We try not to have our, our insert foot in mouth moments, but, you know, again, sometimes those might happen. So that's a little bit, again, as a rundown, just briefly of some of those things. But what's been happening with you, B? What's, what's been going on? What are you guys up to? So, yeah, again, just like, like you said, it was through uh, the holiday season and we had a good 
a good holiday season at Oregon Trail. And I think we saw uh, just some good interactions with families and through the Christmas and and then, you know, through Christmas break, I say as uh, we got slammed with snow for like two weeks straight. And so that was awesome because I had a lot of uh, t- ski time with my boys. And I think that was that was really fun. Um, and, and now, uh, since then we've, it's shifted in January to where now we're stuck in this dry pattern and we've had no new snow now for like six weeks. And so skiing is kind of terrible again. Um, so, but you know, we still been up a couple of times and, and, uh, we started Claire off skiing. So that, that was an interesting, you know, taking a toddler skiing is, is always a, a, a gamble. Right. And, uh, you know, like I said, she's been up a couple of times. The first time was a dismal failure. She did not like it. Uh, it was, it was, there's just kind of one thing after another that just didn't go right. And so, but the, the second trip was much better and she had a great time. And, and, uh, so, so yeah, family wise, um, good. We definitely have had just kind of different things, you know, it, it's, it's hard to believe, but there are other sicknesses still hitting people other than COVID. And, you know, again, I, as the media has forgotten, right, that like the flu is still out there uh, to say that is like, again, I think my like COVID went through our house, like, you know, pre-holiday. And so we we kind of we went through that round. Luckily, we haven't had another round of that, although just in this last week and a half or so, um, pretty much all of my kids. In fact, uh, my fourth kid just went down with it last night. So he's already home today with just this stomach bug flu horrible deal. And so again, not like not COVID symptoms at all, but like, but it definitely sickness. Right. And, um, so my two, the two younger boys went back to school today. They were out with it. And then, like I said, my oldest got home from work last night and was like, yeah, I don't feel good. And so, you know, we're like, and then, you know, Maureen and I look at each other, we're like another one bites the dust, right? Like, um, so, but there we go. So, but yeah, family wise though, we're doing really good other than that sickness and, um, you know, just continuing to, to work through life and with four kids and, and a church and, and all this stuff. And, um, and my wife is in college, she's working on a, another degree. And so, you know, that's of course just, um, a busy season for her and a lean time financially for us because we're paying you know, college tuition again. So that's, uh, but you know, as we, as we work through those seasons, we see that, but yet, you know, there's, there's, there's brighter hope around the corner. So that's, which is awesome. Um, but, but I think, and I get church wise too, just like you said, we, we have definitely seen this way, second wave, third wave. I don't even know what wave we're on, but, uh, you know, just, just wave of sickness going through. So definitely, you know, and I think we see that we always see kind of a, an attendance drop off after the holidays, um, that's just kind of a pretty typical, normal kind of attendance pattern. I think for most churches, yeah. um, you know, we see the holidays and then you kind of drop off and then it, there's this steady build up into Easter. And then, you know, after Easter, you have a drop off again, which is really interesting because Easter is very late this year. I don't know if you've looked at the calendar. So we have a little while longer to build into Easter. Right. Um, and, and this year than normal, but then after, then we typically see another big drop off after Easter, you know, as it's this downhill run into, into summer, <clears throat> excuse me. And I know that, and I know that's part of our context with Idaho is just because uh, in, in Idaho, people, uh, live here to play. And so in the summer, you know, we have, I think, even more of a summer drop off in some ways than, than other areas do potentially, um, just because everybody has a cabin and there's everyone's in the mountains or at the lake or whatever throughout through the summertime. And so, 
but again, we, so that's one of the things we've tried to do at Oregon Trail is say, how can we, um, not, not necessarily just grieve the summer drop off in attendance, but how can we embrace it in a way of, of, you know, focus on certain goals and, and to find growth for, for those that are here, how do we embrace again, our, our Idaho play culture a little more than, than just saying, than just accepting like, well, people are gone. I guess we'll see you in the fall, you know? And, uh, which again, is probably, again, I don't want to get distracted and off on another thing, but, but definitely as a church, like you said, uh, the last several weeks, I, again, our attendance has, has been a lots of up and down and, and just, you know, but our, our, our prayer list has been longer than normal and, you know, so many families out, uh, and sick. And so, which has just been, been a struggle, uh, quite honestly. And so, but again, but I, I think too, like we've definitely had some COVID cases, but I think a lot of it has not even been COVID. It's been this flu bug that's been going around our community. Um, you know, and, and again, we, I don't want to get into all the conspiracy theories and different stuff, but at the same time, like, you know, I think a lot of our immune systems like aren't used to fighting anything off because we've been so protected. Uh, you know, as we've isolated and worn masks and kind of these things. And now as these other viruses that are not COVID are running around, like, you know, it's, it's, it's knocking us down. So, um, so yeah, but through that though, things are, things are going well. I think that the church is, is doing well. And we, we've just seen a lot of families, uh, newer families and returning, you know, um, we've had a lot of people through our, our spiritual growth classes, uh, through these last few months. Um, and so it's great to see the engagement level of people. And again, the ones that are here are, are really, uh, really engaged and really hungry. Um, and you know, in fact, I just talked with my office manager this morning she's like, man, she's like, our phone has been going nuts. She's like, I just, and she's told me even just this today, she had a couple conversations already this morning with people that are calling just to find out more about the church and, and, you know, that want to come on, on, on this, this weekend and, and just get some questions answered. And, um, you know, part of it is we are in one of the fastest growing population centers of a country. And so, uh, you know, part of that, you know, some of it is that definitely that we just have a lot of families moving into our community. Um, and which is great to see, see them come. But, but again, part of the conversation with her was it's been kind of really uh, surprising to us that a lot of these newer families are coming are not new to the area. They're just ones, but they are new to church and which is obviously, um, you know, awesome to see, but I think also that, that there's just, there's this void in our culture that people are just so hungry for community they're so hungry for truth, for just a solid foundation of their life, because there's just, you know, as the, the longer we're surrounded by chaos with just everything that's going on in our world and our culture, um, you know, people are really searching for, for something real and something solid. And just as you said, right, Jesus is that answer. And, and, you know, the, the truth of the gospel is, is still the truth and it's still powerful. Um, and it, and it's, I think even in ways more countercultural now than it's ever been. And, and, and that's, that's honestly good news for the church. I mean, the bigger church, right. Not just Oregon trail or Fairview, but, uh, you know, just, we are, I mean, when I read that passage, right. When Jesus says that the, the fields are ripe for harvest. I mean, I feel like that at least in our context right now, like we just see that so true. Yeah. <clears throat> what would be a um, main takeaway that you would say for Christmas that maybe you saw, what would be in that time frame? Like 
since it's been, we, we had that gap of kind of December and January. Um, what was something where you saw God show up maybe during that time? And, and I'll lead in as you're thinking about that a little bit. There was um, one thing that we had that I wasn't a part of in the revitalization. So uh, historically, this dates back to when we got the building. We had a another theater company that rented our facility called Taproot Theater. So they had it every other Christmas and they would put on their performance and they were in-house and they used our auditorium and did those things. So it's been historically that we would do a Christmas carol every other year. Well, uh, they did it in the December of 19 when we came. Uh, and so it was due to do it on the 21st. We made the decision to move forward with that. And again, I had no idea what I was saying yes to other than there was a bunch of passionate people, um, that I trust that wanted to do it. Um, and, and it was really cool because I think, you know, we talk about these things of sometimes when revitalization takes place is a church isn't what it used to be. Maybe people have left and for various reasons, you know, that we're not going to go into again on a rabbit show right now, but they've left, but they still had this fondness maybe of, of this place that they were a part of. And so it was really cool to see people in house. We had attendance records. Again, I think the desire of some of the people uh, wanting to have community. And then I was just looking at it today um, with the new changeover with having to go digital for service and stuff. We had our cameras up. So we tried to capture it in the best way. It was kind of a run. We, we hadn't really done it before for um, kind of a theater project. But I was just looking at that and the YouTube hits on that is now over 5,400 for people watching A Christmas Carol. And so again, not only the people and the buy-in and people that had been a part of it before, you talked about your um, chairman only being a part of the journey in a three and a half, four year context. Um, it was fun to see people that, because our church has existed for over a hundred years, um, to see some of them. And in fact, you know, we were praying uh, this morning, we got news that one of the uh, previous pastor's wives that came for that event, she came for my installation um, when we had that, uh, she's 99. She just fell and broke her hip. But I mean, she's been a part of the church for forever. And so it was really cool to see some of those come home. Also, like you said, some of the new community engaging as there was new parts and people that needed to play the role. Uh, it was just really cool. And then to see in the interwebs uh, that, that there was just so many people that had a desire to go and watch that as well. And so the efforts, the fruit that took place there also is still going on um, for people to still receive the gospel long after the play is, is passed. But did you have anything uh, over Christmas? Maybe you've been there enough years that probably there wasn't something that surprised you, but did God show up in a way that you were like, man, I really didn't anticipate this and I'm grateful he did. Yeah. You know, the, uh, again, through our Christmas season, it was, it was it different a little bit this year. And part of that was just because, um, because my staff has changed, you know, in the last year, just example, like my children's director, this was her first Christmas program. Right. And so that, you know, seeing that, um, you know, what were you with her? And you know, we did a little different this year where we did like the main performance on a Wednesday night instead of on a Sunday. 
And so that was a little different. In fact, I think, you know, again, you talk about ways that we kind of messed it up. And I think there, you know, we, we saw some ways that we're like, okay, well, we're definitely not going to probably do that again. Like we need to tweak this or that. And so, uh, you know, we certainly learned that, but I think probably one of the, the biggest real encouragements, I think through the Christmas season, uh, was, uh, and again, just like you, like we saw some attendance, you know, up, uptick and, and some different things like that. But um, part of that was the engagement with people when they came and even, and not just showing up, but I think, but who they brought with them. And we saw a, a little more like of extended families coming to like Christmas Sunday, um, to our, our Christmas Eve service again, was just, was very well attended. And we had a lot of, of people and touch points from the community, extended family people that came, uh, you know, once. And so that was, I felt like just a, a huge, huge win, a huge victory to see, you know, some touch points with some families and, and people, even extensions of our regular people that were here. And so those were, those were really cool to see just as God used those relational connections, those community connections to, to bring people in to celebrate the Christmas season, um, you know, with a more faith focus, uh, maybe than they had before. And so that was, you know, that was awesome. I think to see that and to see God use that. Um, and there is one or two through the Christmas season we had, um, there was, I guess maybe kind of some lines in the sand too, but like, um, and again, I know, you know, TJ, but maybe our listeners don't know, but, but in Idaho, we, we have a really large LDS population. And so, um, and it's, it's an interesting interaction between the LDS church and our, and the different evangelical churches in our community. Um, but Christmas in, in the past has been one of those times where we're able to kind of come together with the LDS church and, and in, in Middleton, there's been a, a, a community Christmas concert that they, that I'm, mean, they, and they facilitate most of it, but, but yet, um, a lot of the evangelical churches come together, you know, and, and like our different, like different musical groups for like our, our worship team band, you know, has played in it and, and stuff. And, and traditionally it's been held at, at, at the high school. And, and really that's like the only, um, the only, the only venue in our community that's big enough to hold like that, you know, these multiple churches, especially with the LDS church, because they, they have a, you know, again, they have a lot of people, um, you know, involved there. And so, but over the last few years, it just, it hasn't happened, right. Just because of COVID and, and different things and, you know, the school district, you know, again, all this different stuff, but because there's a lot of things that play into it, but I bring it up to say this year, again, it still didn't happen this year. Like they held this, you know, deal, whatever, but um, there's a lady that one of the coordinators of it, she came around and she interviewed all of a, a bunch of the different faith leaders in our community. And so she came and, you know, I mean, took video, you know, video interviews and like, and, and, you know, put it all together about like the meaning of Christmas and about those. And so that was a cool opportunity again, for not just me to, to speak, uh, you know, and be, be widely, you know, distributed in our community uh, with what I, you know, God put on my heart and that, that we were working through, you know, setting God's word for the Christmas season, but, but to see, you know, again, they, they put it all together, edit it, put it on YouTube and send it out to everybody. And, you know, they used it and, you know, kind of more of kind of a virtual event for this community concert. And so, and like I said, and, and we obviously have very, you know, varying the, theological differences and, and practice with the LDS church, but like, it's, it's a, I've always seen it as a great opportunity for, uh, to, to be unified within our faith community. Right. I mean, including them, you know, because Christmas is kind of a safe way to do that because, you know, Christmas is about the birth, the birth of, of Christ, right. About the Christ child. And so, you know, that's, I mean, that's one of 
may, I guess maybe are a few things that we agree with, you know, the, the LDS church on, you know, is just the significance of the Christ child. So, um, again, that, that was really interesting and kind of cool to see how I hope God has, has used that. Um, and, you know, again, but it was another touch point into our community, not just to the unbelieving world, but also into, you know, into some of these other faith leaders in our community, even though we have those theological differences. Oh, that's great. I mean, I think those things are important. I think, you know, we had, uh, let's see, last Sunday, so not uh, this week, but the week before, we had a unity service intentionally uh, for, there was like six churches that were invited to it. We had a night of worship. It was a Sunday night. And excuse me, I think that those things are vital, right? Because I think just as much as there's been isolation for individuals, like you said, whether that's um, quarantining or otherwise, but even as, as churches and as pastors, like statistically, as we emerge out of this, there's been a lot that have, you know, left ministry. It's been difficult. Um, and so like, we have to be able to have these moments to process, to be able to have a conversation. And I think it's one of those things uh, that also, you know, as a rebel rouser kind of dispels Satan's hold that he tries to get, we say hell no to him, right? Like in the sense of like, we don't allow him to dictate or isolate and tell us like, oh, you're the only one that's struggling with this. When we talk about it in this context, and we all get that to some degree, we all understand that this wasn't a desired uh, outcome or desired future to where we want to be. And so I think if you can speak in terms of those things, uh, we may have a different opinion, but like, man, we all want to have things different. Um, and for us, again, there's that added call to, uh, or an urgency to usher people into a relationship uh, with God. And so we see that as an opportunity. There's been more opportunity lately because people have had to, in those moments, figure out, like, is there an afterlife? Is there something? And, and I was talking about this the other day. Uh, oddly, we're not we're on a podcast because it was there. But there was a story a few years back of a guy that was a part of a Christian uh, radio show. And he was talking about it in the context of like Paul. Paul's talking to Timothy. Right. And, and he's having this this dynamic play out. And he's like, look. Timothy's kind of freaking out because Paul's in prison, right? And, and this is the context he's in. And he's like, why are you, why are you freaking out? And, and Timothy probably would have said something like in these contexts of like, you're my mentor, man. And this is what they're doing to you. And I think you're great. What the heck are they going to do to me? So not only am I freaked out about you about to die. And Paul just kind of like gives him this, this vibe of like, look, I'm not worried. You shouldn't be worried. If I live with him, then I will, you know, if I die with him, then I'll live with him kind of moment. And, and he goes into these, these pieces and speaks about it. And the guy is, you know, is this ex MLB pitcher and his name's uh, Frank Pastore, but Pastore's part he's talking to. And I believe in the, in the interview, he's talking with, I think Morgan Freeman or something, but the, the part of it is, is he's explaining that moment. And he's like, look, even if I die, he goes, look, you know, I am a avid motorcycle rider. Like I could leave here today. He's in LA and he's like, I could leave here today. I could get on the 210 freeway. I could get in the diamond lane. And he's like, there's a lot of like idiots. I think is the word he is. I was like, um, that, that 
don't use their blinker and they could get in and they could wipe me out. And he goes, I could be spread all over the 210 freeway, but that is not me. That is just my body parts. And that's that same context. Paul's trying to tell Timothy, like, I'm going to this eternity piece. This is where my soul, this isn't, my body is just this thing in this vapor, right? Like he's explaining that, but the gravity of that is that uh, he finished, he wrapped the show and three hours later he gets on his motorcycle on the 210 freeway, someone comes into his lane and hits him and he dies. And it just carries a different weight in the sense of, but he had that certainty of what we do, why we do it. And it's not for here. It says we run the race to win the prize and it's not here. And thank God for that, for all the brokenness of all the stuff that we're enduring, that this is not it. So if we have been frustrated, if we have been isolated, if you've been disgruntled, Amen to that, because that is part of what it is. We weren't intended to be here. This is not the end. And so um, not that I was intending to <laughs> preach here on our last bit of it, but since it's a little bit of a different show and we're vibing that, like that is the piece of the urgency. That is the piece that we're looking at. And so anyhow, a little bit off topic, but I think it, it speaks to Paul's piece. It speaks to our piece of look all these things, all these fears, as people have self-examined themselves, gives us an opportunity to share eternity. And all those things that we beat ourselves up about, like, um, you know, I, I was preaching on this last week. It's like um, Hosea and Gomer, like he's making this part of like the term that was used is that she's more in line with a whore. Like we look at it from a prostitute, but sometimes people are forced into prostitution for certain reasons, or maybe they're uh, forced into uh, that for uh, through a relationship or otherwise. But she made the conscious effort that she wanted to go um, and sleep with all these other people. And yet there's this redemptive grace as God is using this as Israel being unfaithful to him. Yet he says in that you can, if you live with me, then, you know, you'll, you, you die with me, you'll live with me kind of thing. He also says, if you're faithless, I am still faithful. I am who I am. And so God has been faithful throughout this. And in that moment, again, he goes back and like finds his wife and says, no, I want her. I desire her. And we would like, as a culture nowadays, look at that and be like, man, that's, that's kind of gross. Like, but God's saying like, you can't change me. And this is what I was preaching a little bit on Sunday. It was like, you can't change him. He is who he is. Like nothing that we can do can change the characteristic of God. Like this is who he is. And like, as we get through these things and as we get to a new part, we, it kick off a new year. It's not new year, new me. It's like new year, same God. And that's a faithful thing. That is a good thing. Like that he is constant. He is there. All these things. We just talked that like these events don't happen. But God is still faithful in the midst of that. So anyhow, I'm going to I'm going to bow out at this point for that second. I'm going to let you jump back in. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But I think, again, the point being, right, as we go into this season, um, as we want to make these some changes, like I said, we have planned we're going to have a couple different uh, interview uh, shows this season. You know, we, we did one interview in each season before we talked about we're going to bring in a couple couple different different people this season, we hope, right. If those plans pan out and, and again, as we look at it, but it all still boils down to, it is about God. It is about his presence. It's about his power. It is about his will for you 
and for your church and for your community. And again, and literally, I preached this last week of saying that that is God's will is to save us all. Right. That no matter, like you said, whether we're uh, running off ourselves or, or somebody else pulls us away or, or whether, you know, or we just never know God at all. Like God's heart is to save all of us. Right. And like his heart is loving and he's gracious. And we're so very much thankful for that. And so again, thank you always for giving us grace, right? As we learn this whole podcast deal and, and jump in, but we are looking forward to season three and we hope that you are as well. And so we will see you uh, again on the next episode. God bless. Acts 20, 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts 2028 Podcast. Or send us an email at Acts 2028 Podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us ratings and reviews, and even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you. And together we can all live out Acts 2028 as we serve in the established church.